0: Give Us This Day is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson appointed for the morning office from the Book of Common Prayer, 1928. These devotionals are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd in Tyler, Texas. Father Charles' devotionals can be found both in print and online.
1: Today is Monday of the 20th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from First Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to chapter 4 verse
0: 5 these things write i unto you hoping to come unto thee shortly but if i tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of god which is the church of the living god the pillar and ground of the truth and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh Justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer.
1: In this passage, St. Paul teaches what is called a sacramental worldview. According to the Book of Common Prayer, a sacrament is an outward invisible sign of an inward and spiritual grace given unto us. There are two dominical sacraments, those Jesus Christ himself specifically ordained, baptism and Holy Communion. In some way, things such as ordination, confirmation, and unction for healing are also sacraments in that God gives his grace at which time, There is an outward sign of the spiritual grace that God gives. In an even more general sense, the entire world is a sacrament of God, because God is present in the world and speaks through it. For the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Psalm 19. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. Romans 1.20. Therefore, just as Einstein had two theories of relativity, I have two theories of sacramentality. Erlinson's special theory of sacramentality states, that God's grace is communicated through and visibly signified by his special sacraments of baptism and communion, if faithfully received. Erlinson's general theory of sacramentality states that God's grace is generally communicated through and visibly signified by all of his creation, if faithfully received. Now what in the world does this have to do with First Timothy 3 and 4? I had a feeling you might ask. The sacramental worldview is right here in Paul's apostolic teaching in First Timothy, especially in verse 3.15 and chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. In 3.15, Paul says something that will confuse and surprise us so much that we often don't even see it when it's right before our eyes. What does Paul say? He says that he is right so that people will know how to conduct themselves in the house of God, the church, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. Am I sure I'm reading that right? Yes. Though we might expect God to say, through Paul, that he or the Bible is the pillar and ground of the truth, what Paul in fact says is that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. If we miss the importance of the church to the apostles and their teaching, and we miss the importance of the church in God's coming to men, then we have missed the point of almost all of the New Testament. In the book of Acts, St. Luke makes it clear, that what Jesus began both to do and to teach, the Church, is to continue, under the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit. For this reason it has been said that the Church is the extension of the Incarnation. The entire Church, therefore, is really the sacrament of God, because it is through us that God and His grace is mediated to the world. For this reason all of Paul's letters are full of instructions to the Churches and their leaders, and they assume the Church as a whole is a visible, physical presence on earth, and a means of grace to the world. Once we understand this, we can understand how I can say that the Church is a sacrament in a sense. At the time Paul was writing, there was no New Testament Bible. Various of the books of the New Testament had been written, but as a whole the New Testament was taking shape. And it took shape in the context of the Church, that Jesus Christ had already established and entrusted to his apostles. We find that the apostolic teaching or deposit of faith, of which St. Paul speaks so frequently, in the trustworthy sayings that Paul probably inherited from the other apostles, we find it in 1 Timothy 3:16, which is even more important, but less famous than 2 Timothy 3:16, where Paul is passing on the apostolic teaching of the church which he himself has received by the word of mouth from the other apostles. We see it in Paul's hymns as well, such as the one in 1 Timothy 1:17. Paul understood the church to be sacramental, God's visible means of grace because he knew that Jesus had ordained apostles such as himself to teach and lead the body. The apostles then ordained specific leaders such as Timothy, who then ordained other leaders, bishops, presbyters, and deacons. Each of these ordained leaders vowed to pass on the apostolic teaching they had received, and to guard them with their lives. It was in this context of the visible church, which with God ordained leaders, that the New Testament scriptures were written and canonized, that is, recognized as scripture and in which they have always been interpreted. Paul's teaching of the sacramental worldview is also present in chapter 4, verses 3-4, through 4, where he teaches that every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. We know that everything God created, he created good. But sometimes we are so colored by our own sin and the fallenness of the world that we forget God's original intention. We forget as well that Jesus Christ came to redeem the entire cosmos, not just a few souls. What God created, good, and man ruined, God has redeemed for those who love him. How can we be sure that the fallen creatures of God are good for us? We accept God's good gifts in three ways by which they are sanctified. Obviously, they are sanctified only by the redeeming work of Christ, but how does he communicate that redemption to us? First, by thanksgiving. We are privileged to be able to partake of God's good gifts again if we receive them with thanksgiving, acknowledging that they come from God and that God has made them clean again. It was for this reason, for the purpose of redeeming the good gifts he had created, that Jesus declared all food clean in Mark 7.19, and that Peter had his vision that it was okay to eat pork. But they are only made clean if received with thanksgiving. That is why there is a long tradition of praying before meals. Thanksgiving is so essential to receiving God's good gifts that the most common name in the early church for the Holy Communion or Lord's Supper or sacrament was the Eucharist, which is a Greek word for Thanksgiving. After Paul has taught in Romans 1.20 that the creation speaks of God and is therefore a means of receiving Him, he says that one of the reasons mankind is condemned is because though they know God through His creation, they did not glorify Him or give Him thanks, Eucharisto. With thanksgiving and with the word of God and prayer, God's creation is sanctified for us once again and becomes a lesser kind of sacrament, a visible sign of God's grace and goodness to us. We might finally summarize the sacramental worldview of St. Paul and the early church in this way. Receiving God's goodness and grace through Christ in the world, men are to respond with a life of thanksgiving, the word, and prayer in his church. How blessed to be able to see God and participate in His life through every possible means He has given us.
0: This has been a presentation of Always with Christ Radio. Radio in the Anglican Way.